Welcome back to Glass Half Full, the show where counselors come together for coffee and conversation for people who want to learn more about topics impacting our high schoolers here at AR. Today we're going to be talking about all things how to pay for college, scholarships, FAFSA, the financial aid process. Uh, today we're going to have Miss Ellis, Miss Achilles, Miss Pastor, and we even have a wonderful guest speaker for you guys, Miss Capers, who's coming to us from Columbia. Hey! She is an expert in this field, so we're so excited to have her so she can share some knowledge with you guys. Um, before we get started, we did have a little gift that we wanted to give Miss Capers. Oh my so goodness. I will hand that over to her. It's been handed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we love our coffee and tea here. I don't know if you guys want to share what you're sipping on today. Oh, I have pumpkin spice Starbucks coffee. Ooh. And then I have English for breakfast tea because Miss Achilles is not a coffee drinker. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. That is fair. And I know I told y'all in the last episode I'm going to try to do a different mug every single episode. So today I have my Clemson mug in honor of me going to back to Clemson this weekend for homecoming. Um, and because it was college app day, so we have just done all things college this week. So I am also drinking my afternoon pick-me-up of coffee. And I just have water, guys. That's all I have to <laughs> Next time I'll have a cute mug, because I love mugs. you got to open your gift. Oh, I do? Oh, yeah. Open okay. your gift. Maybe I have a mug. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We have to see. I have a mug, you guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it has the cute little logo on here as well. So, thank you guys so much. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. going to be in my office. Perfect. Well, hopefully you'll think of us when you use that from time to time. I absolutely will. All right. So, without further ado, we will hop into the topic of the day. So, first, we kind of just wanted to chat about cost of attendance in general. The cost keeps going up. So, what's going on with that? How can we address that? There's tuition and fees, room and board, books and supplies, there's computers, there's food, there's transportation. Um, and I know, Miss Pastor, you just sent off two babies. Yeah, twin girls who graduated here from Ashley Ridge last year. Uh, they're both attending the University of South Carolina, Columbia, and um, not cheap, but I think <laughs> we're doing well. Um, you know, just you have to consider tuition, housing. I'll tell you what played a big role was um, just with the girls being able to get those state scholarships. Um, for example, the life scholarship has helped because that paid for almost half the tuition. So we kind of did a little mix of scholarships um, through the state of South Carolina. My One of my daughters is a teacher. I know we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. um, she's been able to get some teaching scholarships. We've done private scholarships. A lot of the counselors should have sent out this week um, their October newsletter, which covers scholarships that students can start applying to now. Um, so private scholarships have certainly helped as well. There's little $500 ones added up for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then we did have to do a little bit of student loans, mm -hmm. but the FAFSA process wasn't too bad. I know it's getting better. That's um, a big day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it was like a little bit of everything, um, just like sometimes you go to a restaurant and have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, and a delicious meal. We had a delicious and great um, start to our school year this year with estimating the cost and taking care of our expenses. I think that's a great way to like open up the podcast because a lot of students are told scholarships stay away from loans. And yeah. at South Carolina Student Loans, we're always saying FAFSA first, get as much free money as you can for scholarships and grants. But if you have to dig into loans, understand what those are. So I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So you all are well versed on what your options are to help you pay for college. So when we're talking about cost of attendance, just keep in mind, it's not just your tuition and fees, but there are indirect costs that are associated with your education as well. Yeah, one of their books. They don't even really have books anymore. It's like a program mm -hmm. one of their professors is using. So it was like $120 for 
Someone needed a certain calculator yep. for economics. <laughs> that was another hundred dollars. Right. So it adds up. Yeah. Just little here and there sprinkles of things, but um, yeah, I think uh, USC has done a great job making it uh, a good process to get everything in. Cool. So, Miss Capers, you mentioned let's starting with the free money. Yes. So let's <laughs> let's dive into the FAFSA. I know that um, we've tried in our IGPs to tell these seniors that some changes are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's get into <laughs> what is coming for them. Right. So I think this year, even though the FAFSA is changing, you all completing it for the first time, it's just going to be brand new to you. Everything is going to be new. So I don't want you to go in with any trepidation, with any nervousness, but just know that you all should complete it if you are considering going to college. Whether it's two-year, four-year, in-state, out-of-state, the FAFSA is federal money. So just make sure every year you're considering going to college, you complete it. That's the first hurdle. Um, the second one is making sure that you complete or create your FSA ID, which is your federal student aid ID. And it's not a number. It's actually a login. And it is actually how you're going to verify your identity and sign that electronic document of your FAFSA. So the FAFSA is a free application for federal student aid, and it is free, and you should not pay anybody to help you complete it. So financial aid offices are very aware that students and families have questions. So whether you're going to that college or not, reach out to a financial aid office if you need assistance with completing your FAFSA. They will assist you for free, so you should not pay for the FAFSA, okay? Do not pay anybody to help you complete the FAFSA. Bold, <laughs> underlined, italicized, do not pay anybody to help you with the FAFSA. It's free. <laughs> we have someone coming here. From, you mentioned just anyone can speak to a financial aid officer. We have someone from Trident coming yep. um, on October 17th. So Beautiful. Any Trident information, I would ask you to it's at 6.30 in the gym. Uh, cafeteria? Uh, I think it moved to the cafeteria, and I think it's six. All right, so six, cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So that FSA ID is going to be really important this year because everyone who completes the FAFSA and even parents will need to have an FSA ID. Um, And so you will use your legal name, your social security number, and you do have an option of using either your cell phone number or an email to verify um, your identity or help verify your identity. We recommend that you just use an email because telephone numbers are starting to be recycled. And so if someone verifies their identity with your current cell phone number, you're not going to be able to do it. So use an email address that's not connected to school, so a personal email address, um, and that will help you start that process. So it can take up to seven days to confirm or verify your identity. This is the time you want to be slow. You want to make sure you spell your name correctly. You want to make sure you put your social security number in correctly. And for my parents who are completing this, make sure that if you are creating your student's FSA ID, that you're not connecting your social to their email and vice versa. Um, So I always recommend students complete theirs with the assistance of parents and then parents complete theirs as well separately. So there's no crossover there. So now we do understand that there are sometimes some extenuating circumstances. Parents may not be documented all the time. And this year they are still requiring parents who are undocumented to have an FSA ID. So they will have to go through this process through TransUnion to verify their identities. Um, Access professionals, I'm not a fan of this. However, um, I just want to be completely transparent. Everyone who completes the FAFSA this year will have to have an FSA ID. Um, For those whose parents are not willing to provide financial information, um, you can still complete your FAFSA without having parent information. Um, You will just have a couple extra steps after you complete it with your financial aid office of the school that you choose to to go through their professional judgment process. Okay. Yeah, and thank you for plugging the undocumented um, portion. Um, I think that that's that's big within the community. I think there's a lot of questions um, with that population of can we apply, how do we apply, so thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Um, And then for those that are listening, we do want to make a quick plug. So 
the first three students that do come to the counseling office, either to Miss Ellis, myself, Miss Achilles, um, or Miss Pastor, with proof that you have completed your FSID login, um, we have some prizes for you. So again, that is the first three students that comes to one of us. Y'all can get these prizes. <laughs> they're going to be great, okay? Um, so some additional changes that are happening with the FAFSA. Everyone who is going to complete the FAFSA has to provide consent this year. That consent is for FSAs to share your information with your colleges, also with the state. Um, so for those the state aid that's available out there as well. And then it also allows the IRS and uh, student aid to talk to each other to pull down the tax information. If uh, you as the student or the parent decide that you do not want to provide consent, um, a warning will pop up and it will say, you didn't provide consent, do you want to change your mind? Because if you don't provide consent, this student will not be considered or eligible for any federal funds. And remember, federal money is good for in-state schools and out-of-state schools. So you will have an incomplete application on file, which could also interfere with some of the state aid that we're going to talk about later. So consent is important on the FAFSA this year. Um, also, there's going to be a parent wizard that's built into the FAFSA to help families figure out who needs to contribute financial information. Um, historically, it's been the parent who you live with more than 50% of the time. Um, this year, they're saying it's the parent who provides the most financial support. Um, and that may or may not be the same person. Um, so just keep that in mind as well. And then also, if your parent is remarried and you have a step-parent, there's a chance that that person may also need to have an FSA ID as well. So there are some moving pieces in here, and I know this is going to be a lot of information, um, but just know that <clears throat> you will have to have a parent contribute, and you may also have to have additional people contribute financial information as well. All of that is going to be contingent upon how taxes are filed. Speaking of taxes, students, y'all are going to be freshmen in the fall of 24. So that means you're going to use your 2022 tax information on your FAFSA. So when you initially go in, you're going to see more than one FAFSA, and it is a little tricky sometimes when you're completing it for the first time because you're like, oh, we're in the 23-24 school year. Let me complete that one. That is not the one that you all want to complete. You will complete the FAFSA for the 24-25 school year. And do you have any or have you heard any rumors of when are the, when are we going to be able to Ooh. actually submit the FAFSA? Because typically in the past, it's been October, um, but clearly Correct. we can't get in yet. So have you heard anything about an update on a date? December. Oh, <laughs> yeah. December, guys. Um, and you know, December goes until the 31st. So, you know, colleagues across the state and other states that we speak to feel as if it's going to come out on the very last day, which is on a Sunday, which is when you all are on winter break, which is when the colleges are closed. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, and quite honestly, I'm not sure if they know. Um, but we're just going to hold on for this ride because it's going to be a ride um, and it's supposed to come out in December and with the hopes of moving back to October next year. Yeah. So for those who attended the college app um, day yesterday and who are applying to colleges, we are not recommending students do the, the binding decision of yeah. this yeah. year just because you won't have financial information. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind as you're applying to colleges. If you want to get an early decision just to know earlier than the traditional okay. no thank you mm -hmm. um then you can know early but just don't do the we don't recommend that you do the binding yet we're we have um here at ashley ridge first fridays with the counselors mm -hmm. that the first friday of every month so tomorrow yeah um, we are going to be in the media center a couple mm -hmm. of us during lunch and mm -hmm. the whole school are going to have lunch at the same time wow um so <laughs> it's wild it's yeah. wild so, like, Yeah, so I think the biggest thing to take away 
from this, if you're considering going to college, mm -hmm. completing the FAFSA is going to be really important. Um, you will need to have tax information for 22 to complete your 24-25 um, FAFSA. Everyone needs to provide consent if, that is, if you're comfortable and if you want to receive um, potentially federal funds and state funds as well. And then the last thing I will say about the FAFSA, unless it comes back up, um, is that I have had that happen multiple times this week. We'll come back. It might, it might pop back up into my brain, but there was something else I wanted to add, so um, if it comes up, I'll write it down and you can come back to it. Perfect. Well, I actually have a quick question that's come up in a couple of my IGTs. What do you expect the lag time, because the application is coming out in oh. December, obviously that's not being posted on the college financial website mm -hmm. or portal that the students use. What do you expect that delay to be? Yeah, so typically financial aid award letters that are coming from the colleges mm -hmm. that say this is how much money you will have access to. So whether it's institutional money and federal and or state money, they kind of compile that into a, a, a piece of paper. They email it to you or they put it in your portal for you to check on. So usually that comes out February, yeah. March, yeah. you know, that's, that's, but they've had access to that information since October, right? Mm -hmm. um, but from my understanding, Decision days are going to be the same. Like they have not moved that they want you to com yeah. commit by yeah. May first, and so you know it's something that the financial aid offices are having conversations about, trying to figure out their process um, as they move through that. I would assume that it is probably going to be expected for them to provide that information within the same time frame. With that being said, if they're focused on creating your financial aid award letter, making sure students are checking their emails and providing mm -hmm. any additional information in a timely manner is gonna be really important. And that information may not come to the email address that you use to apply, it may go into your student portal, right? So you, yeah, so you yeah. wanna make sure that you're not just checking your email, mm -hmm. yeah. but you're checking your student yeah. portal. And quite honestly, I recommend that students create a separate email address just for college applications, so it's not getting mixed in with other mm -hmm. stuff. We recommend that as well yeah. here mm -hmm. for yeah. our kids. Yeah, it, it just helps. I, I like to compartmentalize stuff. Mm -hmm. So I have one yeah. for my house, one for shopping, yeah. Yeah. one for <laughs> Like, just in case yeah. I feel like shopping, I know to go to this email. <laughs> like, ooh, who has what on sale? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it just makes it really, really easy so you can yeah. go in and catch things in real time. Mm -hmm. So. I would assume the expectation is that they will be able to commit, students will still be able to commit May 1st. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I had one more question. So in the thought that it's going to open near the end of December, mm -hmm. do you think that they would send out an email to the email that you listed for your FSA ID mm -hmm. saying, like, application open to give you a heads up? Or do you think that they'll just have to go and hit refresh every so often throughout the month of December to see if Great it's open? Great question. I, I, don't, I know. don't know. And I'm trying to think, like, even when I was in graduate school, if I got an email reminder saying, mm -hmm. hey, the FAFSA is open, go, go, go complete it. I don't recall receiving anything like that, but this is a, a new year, so they mm -hmm. may leverage that. Anyone who has an FSA ID, they may do a push notification to those emails or and or cell phones, but I haven't yeah. heard that. Just curious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I think that that wraps up FAFSA, and we still have quite a number of ways that you can pay for school, so we'll keep Absolutely. it moving. Um, can you share with us some information about grants? I know mm -hmm. um, on a webinar that we sat in on the other day, um, and we even shared it, I think, at Senior Parent Night, that there's going to be different ways that students can qualify for grants this year, but they didn't necessarily go into that with us. So. <laughs> yeah, so I would say that there are federal grants and then there are state grants that are available. If it's a federal grant, you absolutely have to complete the FAFSA. Mm -hmm. That is part of their application process, but they may also have some additional requirements um, based upon what the grant may be. So there's one that's the Iraq and Afghanistan grant, and it sounds, it is what it sounds like, but they've recently added a piece that incorporates um, those who are like first responders, public safety officers, that if someone is lost in the line of duty, their student may be eligible for this mm -hmm. aid as well. So 
you know, that's not going to be everybody, but for the person that it matches with, they have to complete the FAFSA in order to even have access to that almost $7,400 that they would get from that, right? Um, and then another thing is I would say, even with federal and state funds, just make sure you read and understand what the grant is, because there are some grants that are that can turn into loans. Um, so there's a TEACH grant for educators, um, and it is a grant if you execute, you know, graduate in your major, teach four years within an eight-year time frame within a certain school or subject. If you miss one of those, it turns into a loan that you have to pay back. So just making sure you understand that even though it has grants, you still want to read the fine print to make sure you understand what what's your portion or your, what are you committing to um, or what's the eligibility connected to that. Um, and then as far as like state grants, we have our South Carolina Tuition Grants Program that's specific to our private institutions across the state. And their application is the FAFSA. They have not moved their deadline. Their deadline is June 30. So as long as you put at least one private institution on your FAFSA, they will look to see if you meet their criteria. Um, and so that is also one that you have to have the FAFSA completed, um, so consent provided in order for them to check mm -hmm. to see if you'll be eligible for that one as well. And y'all, just to reiterate, we are still talking about free money. Yes, this is free <laughs> money. We are still in the free money category, so that's what we're going to start with and go with, and then we'll look at we'll look at loan types. So, and, um, and I'll add a little bit of an extra caveat there. There are also some grants that are based upon needs. So students may have heard of Pell Grants before, mm -hmm. right? And so that is a needs-based grant. So that's what the FAFSA is going to do. It's going to look at your household. It's going to look at your income. It's going to give you this new thing called an SAI, Student Aid Index, um, that can be negative this year. Previously, it couldn't be negative. Now it can go negative 1,500. Um, and your school will then look to see how, what level of Pell eligible, eligibility you have to receive that. And again, that's money you don't have to pay back as mm -hmm. long as you are enrolled in school and don't drop in the middle of your semester. You might have to pay it back that, that way. But... Um, that's going to be based upon need as well. Cool. All right. So I think we'll um, head into a big one that I know I have had many seniors come down and, mm. and ask about scholarships. I think that that is a big thing that's pushed. Um, and it is awesome, but I'm glad that we were able to cover other ways that you can get some free money to go to school. But we'll transition and go into some scholarships now. And um, I think Ms. Pastor mentioned earlier that this week, um, the counseling department has sent out our scholarship newsletter that comes once a month to our seniors and their families um, that lists local and national scholarships that you guys um, are welcome to apply for. Um, but there's so many different types of scholarships. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the discussions I've had in my um, ICT meetings are have been, you know, about not taking or retaking, excuse me, or submitting their SAT, ACT scores mm -hmm. because um, a lot of schools is test optional, mm -hmm. which is fine and maybe better for some students. However, um, a lot of about those small middle-sized schools um, may offer more what we call institutional scholarships. Mm -hmm. um, I know Winthrop does, mm -hmm. um, Lander, um, based off of the student's GPA and their SAT or ACT score, they may get anywhere from an extra $500 to $2,500 off of their bill um, or their award letter based off of those institutional scholarships. Um, usually you can go on the high school, high school college website and uh, check out um, on their financial aid page if the school has it and what that looks like uh, to see if your students should submit their scores or retake either test or that eligibility as well. Can I add something? Yeah, please. So I feel like this is the one of the best kept secrets about scholarships. Yeah. Students know about the money that the admissions office gives them because mm -hmm. of their GPA um, or an athletic scholarship or a talent scholarship. But a lot of times students don't know about the institutional money, which is usually a separate application. And the application usually opens up early spring and closes by like April, right? 
So um, what we've done on our website is we go to our scholarship tab. We've pulled all of the institutional links for the state of wow. South Carolina and put them in one place for our students. When they do open up, it'll take them directly to the financial aid page, their institutional scholarship, and they right. can apply just from the school's website. So sure. some schools like York Tech, they only have one application, and it'll kind of figure out depending on how you've responded to answers, how many scholarships you'd be eligible for, and then other institutions, you may actually have to apply for each one that you think you would be eligible for. Either way, it's money that a lot of first-time freshmen Absolutely. don't consider yeah. or think about, um, and so you definitely want to take advantage of that money as well. Um, scholarships is probably one of my favorite things to talk about, um, and I can talk a lot, so I'm going to just kind of put the pin no, there. No, thank you for letting us know that, because, you know, um, we had last year um, some visitors as well, financial um, business partners, uh, big, big uh, college fund coaches come, and they kind of let us know that those smaller middle-sized schools um, have a little more award money mm -hmm. <laughs> that they can offer. So that's just another tip to if your student is not gun ho on one of those big schools like Clemson, USC, mm -hmm. that the middle sized small schools may give you a little more money to mm -hmm. attend um, and have a lot of great opportunities as well. And you mentioned it's on your website. What's yeah. your website? <laughs> <laughs> SCStudentLoans.org and at the top um, you will see an apply button. That is not the scholarship apply button. You all don't need to click apply at this point. Right next to that apply button is the scholarship tab. You click there, you will, it'll start off with federal funds, then go into state, and then it'll go into um, South Carolina institutions on the left-hand side at the bottom, and then it will also have a database that we've compiled some scholarships that are not connected to us, but we've just paid for a scholarship search, so you didn't have to do it, um, and you can go look for any state or national scholarships as well. Awesome. Thank you. Another lifeline to scholarships. Yes. <laughs> families, Absolutely. So yeah. And one of the, the newer websites that I love is Going Mary. Mm -hmm. So it's M-E-R-R-Y, goingmary.com. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. We love that one. I yeah. love Going Mary. <laughs> It, it has FAFSA assistance, mm -hmm. so you can complete your FAFSA in there, and it asks the questions in layman's terms. Like, I know this may sound crazy, but like, first name, right? Like, I can't remember what the FAFSA calls it, but like legal, right? Exactly. Name. <laughs> right. And so and for some students, they're like, wait, like, I don't know what what's the legal. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it may say student first name, right? Mm -hmm. Because if a parent is completing it, we want to make sure mm -hmm. the parent doesn't put their name in there. So um, great website for FAFSA assistance, layman's terms to help you get it completed, and it will sync it up to the studentaid.gov website. Mm -hmm. um, and then they also have scholarships on their website, and it will you can complete a profile, and it will send you suggestions. Oh, mm -hmm. can, yes, I, I love it. I've been calling it a matchmaker. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds a little odd, but it's kind of like a matchmaker. Yeah. You fill out a profile and it's going to email you. Love it. Love Love that so much. 
So I have some other tips for scholarships that um, I've just kind of compiled by working in higher ed and in a high school. Um, and I think AR does a great job of this because I've already had you all say some of this stuff, but like look locally, you guys. Like mm-hmm. it may not be the tens of thousands of dollars that you feel like you want and or need, mm-hmm. but that money adds up, right? Small money adds up. So look locally, have conversations with your employer if you're working or your parents' employer, they may have um, benefits for those who are attending college or going off, they may even have a scholarship, right? And no one utilizes it because Mm -hmm. no one knows about it. So don't hesitate to have those types of conversations with your HR department. And then I do this one called Lemons into Lemonade. So I'm a parent of a student who has dyslexia. And if he chooses to go to college, we are absolutely Googling dyslexia scholarships. You would be surprised those things that have been roadblocks or hurdles or speed bumps in your journey, in your life, there may actually be scholarships for that, right? Mm -hmm. So utilize that resource as well. And if you have a documented disability, vocational rehabilitation, sorry, I had to do that plug really quickly. No, no, please. Um, We want to make sure we are helping any and all of our students. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and they... They can also provide some tuition assistance as well or supply assistance depending on your need. So um, definitely have a conversation with vocational rehabilitation if that is something that you feel like you could benefit from. Um, We talked about institutional scholarships. Um, and then just that small money adds up. So mm-hmm. you don't want to leave any money on the table. So whether that is grandma giving you $100, baby, put this in your pocket. <laughs> or if it's your church saying all the seniors are getting $100, we, we, we want all the free money that Absolutely. we can Absolutely. And those community entities are so big is what you just mentioned. Also nonprofit organizations yes. um, and local law firms, yes. local practices in all different fields. Um, usually offer scholarships, not necessarily that your student has to major in that field, right. but some of them have, you know, um, seatbelt safety essay, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for $500. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's maybe an hour or two of your student's time, right? and mm-hmm. only a handful kids apply to that, yep. you know? so. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are renewable just because no one is applying for them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that could be all four years you get that extra $500 that paid for a couple of books or mm-hmm. some resources that you needed, um, that you didn't know that you could have. And then just to piggyback on the institutional scholarships, um, when I worked at a technical college, we had a student who had a lemon, and we had a scholarship for that lemon, and she was like, oh, I don't know if I want to apply. And we were like, no, apply, apply. And this is the admissions office, so it's not like we were awarding anything. And she finally applied, and because no one had applied for this specific scholarship, institutional scholarship, that family gave her all the money in the account. Wow. wow. So where it was just like a five hundred dollar one-time uh, scholarship, she got almost ten thousand dollars to wow. help her with her technical college journey. So even if you think like, oh, I I'm considering, but I'm not sure, or um, you feel like you're on the borderline. Do I have leadership skills? Do I have the community service? Think back to what all you've done the past four years to figure mm-hmm. out if you could potentially um, be eligible for it. Then my last tip here for scholarships, unless we bring up something else, <laughs> um, create a scholarship resume or recommend recommendation resume. That is so helpful. Your school counselors have a ton of students that they're responsible for, or where are you volunteer? So name, desired job, leadership, community service, um, what's a little blurb at the bottom, what you plan on doing with your career, that Mm -hmm. makes it so much easier to write a recommendation Mm -hmm. than trying to figure out, well, I know they want a yearbook club and ROTC and the band, but they're telling me they want to be a doctor. I don't know how to connect it all together, right? Um, So help help your people out. Help your teachers out. Help your community members out by giving them that little And we actually do have we have our brag sheet. See, is what this we is what I'm talking yeah. about. AR is doing it right, guys. <laughs> and we even have a, um, the last question or blurb that we ask a student is sharing a unique story. So that would be where they could put their blurbs in that yep. we can mm-hmm. make recommendations for them. Yeah. Sure. And we even mentioned all, um, we talked about 
state and local. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about our scholarships here. We have a handful of okay. scholarships here at our high school. Oh. Um, whether it be students volunteering um, or a PTSA member, mm-hmm. um, we have several of those that we give out. We have um, a teaching scholarship, Angie Perkins. We have a Meg Jenkins scholarship. Mm-hmm. We had a dear counselor of ours who um, passed away, mm-hmm. um, and we have a scholarship in her honor. Um, to continue her legacy. And I know the district has put out one for specifically teachers, mm-hmm. if I remember Dior. correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mayor Somerville has one for um, is it a student with a disability mm-hmm. going to college. They, there's money out there, you guys. <laughs> we're here, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of money out there, and if, if even if you don't get all that you need this first um, year in college, continue to look for mm-hmm. scholarships once you get to college, okay? Mm-hmm. The cost of attendance is not going to change. It's not going to go down, unfortunately. So you can never have too much money to help you pay for your education. And scholarships is one way to do it. Um, and I think every scholarship, too, has different requirements. Mm-hmm. And I know I have already had a handful of seniors who Miss Ellis, I don't want to write an essay. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'm like, y'all, it... It's not going to be a big essay. It's going to be, like, maybe 500 words. Like, it's not going to be the end of the world. And I know I'm encouraging my seniors, too, to make a goal this year. Like, one scholarship application a month, two Mm -hmm. a month. Just setting aside 30 minutes every Sunday after Miss Matthews does her call out. um, Just to work on applications in general. Because, y'all, there is so much money to be had out there. It just takes time and effort to apply. Well, when you get into your major, too, for example, um, one of my daughters is majoring in elementary education. Those scholarships for teaching were the same kind of questions. Yeah. Why do you want to be a teacher? Right. Or what do you hope to, you know, share with your students? So you can also not use the same exact essay, but you don't have to always start from yeah. scratch that you can just kind of tweak it a little to fit. So to keep that in mind as well. And one of the things that we do at South Carolina Student Loans um, is we have a one thousand dollar college giveaway that we do every single month. Another giveaway? We oh. just randomly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We just randomly draw one name um, every single month, and it, you can start doing this no effort giveaway your junior year in high school. Name, telephone number, email. All that's needed. No essays. No essays, no essays, <laughs> no GPAs, no test scores. We don't ask any of that. It's a random drawing. I'll tell you where we've had the biggest issue. Students don't test score enough. Mm-hmm. And you therefore, so one, August of last year, we had to call a Miss Kay Cooper wow. to give away $1,000. And so parents can help you in as well. So what I suggest and recommend is that Stop by the school counselor's office, pick up a brochure, it has a QR code on the back, put it on the refrigerator, put it on your calendar. The first of the month, mom, dad, and you stand in line, scan, put your name, telephone number, email. So that way it's all together. So if I have a student who hasn't responded, I will look above and below to see if I can match it with a parent. Mm-hmm. And if I can, we will call the parent and say, hey, your student has won this $1,000 giveaway. So for juniors, well, in general, we send the money to the school. So juniors, we hold the money for you until you know where you're going. We can't send okay. it anywhere until we know where you're going. For my seniors, um, you will tell us where you're going once you've um, committed to your school. There's a document that you'll complete. Send it back to us. Um, and then, then the money will be there at the fall of your freshman year. And if your education is completely paid up, you don't have a balance, then it comes back to the student after the sum check. Ooh. Direct and indirect cost. It will cover both of those things. Very cool. Yep. Yeah, y'all, we have, um, she is leaving with us these brochures that just have QR codes on them, so please stop by, see your counselor, and we're all going to have some to hand out to you all. All right. Can I plug in one more thing that, for money? Yeah. Not to keep us going too much longer, but... Another thing that students may not think about is the military, because um, the South Carolina National Guard, um, after training and um, boot camp, you then go ahead and go to college, Mm -hmm. and it is paid for. (laughs) And so a lot of things to consider every Monday here at Ashley Ridge. We have Military Monday, and November 13th, we have all the recruiters here for career week. 
Um, if you have any questions about going that route or seeing how to pay for college, uh, you can just reach out to Ms. Pastor or call the school and we can give you the information for our recruiting. I think that was an awesome plug. I do too. <laughs> all right, y'all. So let's wrap up with the non-free money. So yeah. I feel like we've given them all sorts of ways of what to look for for the free money to go to school. So we'll just kind of briefly touch on loans. Yeah. So more than 50% of students graduate from their undergraduate degree with about $30,000 worth of loans. What students oftentimes don't understand is what they signed up for, right? Sure. And so every student who completes the FAFSA, if there's a need, they could be eligible for a federal student loan made in the student's name. So they don't check credit. Um, it's just, hey, if you need this money, um, your freshman year, you have up to $5,500 to help you pay for your college. Um, but under that, there's two different categories. There's subsidized and unsubsidized. Subsidized, the government is going to pay for your interest while you're in school. Once you exit school, your interest will start accruing again, okay? Um, your unsubsidized is, your loan is a traditional loan. It's going to accrue interest while you're in school. Um, and both of them have the same interest rate. Both of them um, have an origination fee of a 1.075 or 57, 057. Um, so a little under, almost a point. It's a, it is a point and a little bit more um, that they take off the top, right? So you're going to pay the government to, say, to, to lend you the money and you're going to pay interest on the way back. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, I'm not saying this for the state of South Carolina, but I would say for conversations we're having in D.C. Um, is that all schools don't provide a similar um, financial aid package. Like the, how they categorize stuff is not clear for everybody. So sometimes it will not say that something is a loan that is actually a loan. So if you have any questions, I definitely recommend that you ask those questions. The next one is also a federal loan as well that can be made in the parent's name. It's usually called the Parent Plus Loan. Um, and it's the responsibility of the parent to pay that back because it is in their name. Um, and that is where parents, if they are in a position where they know their credit is good, they will start to look outside of that option because that is an 8% um, interest rate right now. And I know y'all are like, when will I ever use percentages in life? when you buy a car and a house and have student <laughs> loans, guys, um, is when you'll use those percentages. And so um, no matter how great your credit score is, everybody gets the same interest rate. And there's a higher origination fee of a 4.228 on that as well. Um, so every year in the state of South Carolina, probably close to $2.5 million are paid just in origination fees and parent plus loans, right? Um, so <laughs> if your family is in a situation where you used, you've gotten all the free money that you could from the federal government, yeah. from your scholarships, from grants, then um, you may still have a balance left over at the end. Um, and that's kind of where a private entity would come in potentially and say, hey, we can provide gap funding between what you received from the federal government and free aid and what you actually need to actually pay for the rest of your education for that year. So that's called gap funding or gap lending. Um, and so for us at South Carolina Student Loan, we have competitive rates. Our parent rates are in the 5%. Um, and then our student rates start at 6%. We have flexible ways to pay that back. Fixed and variable rates, different time frames as well. Um, and we don't have an origination fee. So if you're graduating from AR, that means you're eligible for our student loan. Uh, we only lend to students in the state of South Carolina or attending a South Carolina school. So we're not a big one that you may have heard before, like a SOFI or a Sally Mae, but they also typically have higher interest rates as well because they're for-profit and we're non-profit. So um, just some things to think about when you're looking at your loan options. Are you getting the best rate? Are you borrowing responsibly? Do you really need to take that loan out? And what does that mean? Um, if you're going to a technical college and you're driving back and forth to school and you got um, car issues now, right? That is a reasonable reason to potentially take out a student loan. That is how you get to and from school. If it's to go to Disney World, 
That is not a good reason. And y'all laugh, but I worked in the financial aid office and we would have students, adults, adults, and traditional aid students coming in saying, well, I need to go on vacation and I'm short a little bit. So I want to take out thousands of dollars in a student loan. Um, And that is not an educational expense. As much as, you know, mental health is really important, a vacation is not a part of your educational Mm -hmm. expense. So um, laptops, transportation, living expenses, especially students who tend to go to grad school, some of them can't work while they're in grad school, so they need assistance paying for their rent um, and or their mortgage. So those are all reasonable things to take out a loan for. But vacations or clothes or to go to the club, those are not great reasons. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. Have I ever thought about nonprofits mm-hmm. in South Carolina loans? Yeah. You know, like that, it, obviously Discover selling it as a mm-hmm. for-profit. So mm-hmm. I never thought, when we think of loans, I think of a bank and a lender. Right. Mm-hmm. But I never thought of the difference between mm-hmm. those two, that it even exists. So thank you. That Absolutely. was a great thing to know. And in general, I mean, we've been around for 50 years in November. Sure. So if someone were to call myself or my team or one of our loan advisors, whether they were utilizing our product or not, we will help them understand awesome. what's going on. Um, because if you're not in this every day like we are, this is foreign. This mm-hmm. is a completely different language and just trying to make sure you're doing all that you need to do in mm-hmm. order to be able to um, afford education. I, I did a presentation at a library on Tuesday and I had a student in there and a parent and he said, you know, she's looking at NYU and it's $92,000 a year. Oh and I said, okay, <laughs> what's your major? And she said, biology. And I said, well, can, can I submit this to you, okay? South Carolina has great in-state schools that can just give you a biology degree in order to. Why not? <laughs> right? So um, I said, I, I, I would recommend that you have your dream school, an in-state school, and a technical school, just to give yourself some options. I understand that, you know, it's important that your school is the type of environment that you want it to be in, but we also have to think about the return on our investment. And to be honest, an undergrad degree that costs you $400,000, you will not have an entry-level position that would make that make sense. There is no entry... uh, I am confident (laughs) to say there is no entry-level position that that type of investment would make sense. Now, she would have told me, like, I'm into the arts and I'm theater. You know, okay, I would have maybe scad, you know, trying mm-hmm. to stay a little closer to home. But, okay, I can understand maybe right. wanting to go to NYU and be in that type of environment. So um, I'm going to submit the same thing to you all. Give yourself some options because we don't know what the funds are going to look like, okay? I don't want students making an emotional decision because once they get into their dream mm-hmm. school, even parents are like, you gotta make this work. They can still go. They yeah. can reapply and go the following year. You yeah. Know? You don't yeah. even have to wait a two-year transfer. You can transfer exactly. even after the first year. Exactly. And I tell a lot of students that who may not have that GPA. Mm-hmm. I said, fresh start. You yeah. know, and mm-hmm. you know, with our state scholarship, with the life scholarship, that will pay for more than half. <laughs> yeah. You know, community college or about half. I just, I just thought about this with our state programs that mm-hmm. I did want to mention. So I'm sure your students are very familiar with Carmelo Fellows, Life, sure, and yeah. Hope, right? Um, what I've heard from my counterparts at CSU who administer those scholarships is mm-hmm. that students struggle to keep them. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about keeping them. We know what we got to do to get them, right. but how do you keep them? And so um, it's a 3.0 that you need to have mm-hmm. every, uh, every year you're in, co- in college. Um, for Palmetto Fellows, it's only classes that are taught at your home institution. So if you come back home and you take some at Trident Tech or take some online somewhere else, mm-hmm. that's not going to be calculated into your Palmetto Fellow GPA. Um, so keep that in mind. You need to have a home institutional GPA of a 3.0. Okay. Life looks at all of your college classes. So if you're taking dual enrollment classes and you're not taking them seriously right now, Shelby was an early college. It can come back and bite you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So say for example you were like, oh, I'm just gonna do 
given marital it'll transfer which is a c mm -hmm. right and then you are a solid b student when you're in college your freshman year or yeah let's just say your freshman year once they factor in those fees you now drop below a 3.0 mm -hmm. and you won't be able to carry that mm -hmm. life scholarship oh, the next yeah. year yeah so just keep that in mind we, we want you to have a well-balanced life um, but we also want you to know that um, you've done the work to obtain those scholarships, obtain the free money, but you've also got to keep it. And state money can't go out of state. No matter what they say, state money can't go out of state. So if a college is saying, hey, we'll match your Palmetto Fellows, my next question to them would be, are you going to match it all four years? If you're not matching it all four years, that's something that you and your family need to consider. All right, y'all, I know we've been chatting for a while, and I know my, my coffee is my coffee is out, so we're just, we're almost to the end. I know we've talked about some things that juniors and seniors can do, but freshmen, sophomores, it's never too early to start. Um, I know Ms. Capers mentioned starting a resume. I know that's something that I'm encouraging students to do, because even if you're not using that resume for scholarships, when you go to apply to schools, they're going to ask you what clubs were you part of? What community service did you do? What extracurriculars did you do? So it's important to just keep track of that because when y'all come to me in your senior year and say, well, Miss Ellis, I don't remember what I did. I'm going to say, dog, I don't know what you did either because <laughs> I, I don't remember either. So even if it's just starting that email and sending an email to yourself, like joined this club, received this honor, um, did this award tonight, anything like that, that you can help yourself keep track of it, a little file, whatever it looks like for you, that's going to help you big time. And that's going to pay off as you get older, um, and start applying to school and these scholarships. And all experience paid or unpaid. Yes. You yeah. Keep track of. Yes. Um, we have a website, scholarships.com. If parents or freshmen uh, or sophomore students want to create a free account, they actually have under the scholarship search tab that they can pull down that they're class of 2027, 26, or 25, and it will match scholarships to them. Okay. Oh, yeah. So y'all can even start applying for scholarships. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, does anybody else have anything to add? I think we have. I think we've covered all the bases. Yeah, I um, hope. Yeah. I do want to give everyone a reminder that the first three students that come to the counseling office and see Miss um, Achilles, Miss Ellis, or Miss Pastor with proof of their FSID, um, we have free gifts for you. <laughs> if it's free, it's a <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining us and Miss Capers. You were absolutely fantastic. This was super infor informational, even for me. I learned I learned a lot today as well. So right. I mean, it's your flyers, the yes. whole essay scholarship. Yep. Um, yep. That they'll be put out for tomorrow morning. Wonderful. Here. Um, so anyone can stop by the school counseling office and start plugging away. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. This is so much fun, <laughs> and we are actually working on like a podcast room ourselves and Ooh. being able to like interview and stuff like that so this was fun <laughs> keep it going we will see you all next month thank you bye